Greetings, pedestal peeps. A little heads up on the timing of this episode. A couple of unforeseen issues delayed publishing it when I wanted to, but hey, better late than never. So without further ado, I present Episode 9. Hope you enjoy it. Around here this time of year, we start yearning for long summer days in warm sunshine. Winter is almost over. Even if there is still some snow on the ground and frost on the car's windshield every morning. There is hope, though, in some sure fire signs of spring. A few weeks ago, there was one such sign, a big one in these parts. Truck day. For those of you unfamiliar with the term, it's when the big rigs load up at Fenway and head south with all the equipment to prepare for spring training. Shortly afterwards, pitchers and catchers report, and before you know it, Sox preseason games are competing for airtime on the local news with the Bruins and Celtics scores. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the New England on a Pedestal podcast. I am your host, Doug Farquharson. While the Red Sox are getting prepared for their new season, this inaugural season is winding down for us with these last couple of episodes. And while the Red Sox are still at their winter home in Florida, in this episode, we will be looking a little closer to home at a few statues outside of historic Fenway Park in Boston, Massachusetts. We've been quite fortunate over the years to have some of baseball's biggest names play under the lights at Fenway. And we've had some tough times as well. Losing season after losing season. The curse. Broken dreams. And those damned Yankees. But we have also had some great seasons playing into October. Several World Series trophies. And Fenway has hosted more than just baseball games. The NHL's Winter Classic. Big name concerts. Even ski and snowboard competitions. I grew up a very short walk from Fenway Park. My mom was a rabid Sox fan for as long as I can remember. I was fortunate as a kid to go to many a ball game with a family friend. And of course, I played Little League Baseball for several years. My dad volunteered for years as a coach and manager. Baseball and the Red Sox were all around us. So what say we take a look at some of the great baseball players who wore a Red Sox uniform and have found themselves memorialized up on a pedestal? To quote George Brennan, play ball. Season 1, Episode 9, Play Ball. Fenway Park, historic, beautiful, iconic. Visit this story park and walk down Van Ness Street, and at the corner of Ipswich Street, by Gate B, you'll find a few statues overlooking the crowds entering the park. As this is episode number nine, (laughs) it's fitting we start with the man who wore number nine on his uniform. Of course, we are talking about Teddy Ballgame, the kid, the splendid splinter, None other than the thumper himself, Ted Williams. 
Born and raised on the West Coast, he played baseball from a young age and was quite good even in Little League and high school. He batted lefty but threw with his right hand. He played in the minor leagues in California and Minnesota before playing his rookie season with the Boston Red Sox in 1939. It was a good start for him with a batting average of 327. Even though he had a slightly better average the next year of 344, it began with a bit of a slump and because of the bad press he got over it, so began his career-long feud with the media and his love-hate relationship with Sox fans. Williams played two more seasons before joining the service in late 42, but not before winning his first Triple Crown title. He missed the 1943 through 1945 seasons. Ted returned in the 46th season with the bat still hot. He won his second Triple Crown in 47. The Marines called him back during the Korean War and he flew combat missions in 1952 and 1953. He won the American League batting title in 58 and had a career total of 521 home runs, including one in his very last at-bat. He was an All-Star 19 times. American League MVP twice, AL batting champion six times, and as mentioned, two-time Triple Crown recipient, and had a career batting average of 344. He spent several seasons as a batting coach and team manager around the league. He was an avid fisherman and hosted a TV show and co-authored several books. He was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1966 and the IGFA Fishing Hall of Fame in 2000. Viewing the statue, we see Williams with his bat casually over his shoulder while offering his cap to a young child who looks adoringly up at him. A plaque on the pedestal offers the following info, and I quote, Nine, Ted Williams, Boston Red Sox. The greatest hitter who ever lived, an American patriot, and a pioneer in the development of the Jimmy Fund. Ted Williams will forever be one of the great heroes in the history of baseball, Boston, and America. He amassed 521 home runs despite sacrificing five years in his prime to serve his country during World War II and the Korean War. He was a relentless champion of children such as this child to whom he is offering his cap in their battle against cancer and helped make the Jimmy Fund at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute the world-renowned center of research and care that it is today. The memory of Ted Williams will forever be a point of pride for the Boston Red Sox, the people of Boston, New England, and the United States of America. Dedicated this 16th day of April, 2004. Mayor Thomas N. Marino, Mayor, City of Boston. John W. Henry, Principal Owner, Boston Red Sox. Tom Ware, Chairman, Boston Red Sox. Larry Lucchino, President, CEO, Boston Red Sox. Sculptor, Frank Tallarico, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Commissioned by A. Hank Evanish, Taylor, Pennsylvania. Close by is the Teammates statue by Antonio Tobias Mendez completed in 2010 and features likenesses of Williams, Johnny Pesky, Bobby Doerr, and Don DiMaggio. Lifetime friends, they played seven seasons together on the Red Sox and all served their country during World War II. 
Dorr played for 14 seasons with the Sox, was a nine-time All-Star, and a member of the 1986 Hall of Fame inductees. He continued his baseball career as a coach and manager and worked with Kalia Skremski before his Triple Crown season. Johnny Pesky spent a lifetime in baseball, spending a total of 61 years associated with the Sox as a player, manager, and coach. The right field pole is affectionately named after him. He was known as a contact hitter and held numerous records over the years. Tom DiMaggio played 11 seasons with the Sox and was a league-leading hitter, played ball for the Navy while serving in Australia and the Philippines during the war. Post-baseball, he founded several manufacturing companies and had a successful business career. We mentioned Yaz a minute ago. He, too, is memorialized in bronze by Gate B. The statue, commissioned in 2013, is also by Antonio Tobias Mendez. It depicts Kalia Skrimski tipping his hat to the fans at his last bat on October 2nd, 1983, after playing on the Sox for 23 years. Among his achievements are 17 All-Star Games, 7 Golden Gloves, and a Triple Crown. He definitely was one of my favorite players as a kid growing up in Boston. These statues are actually part of a large collaboration featuring 44 statues around the country outside of baseball parks. Let us know if you've visited any of these. Oh, I would be remiss in my hosting duties if I did not also mention another baseball statue in Boston. Thanks to my good curling friend Marty for reminding me about this one tucked away on the grounds of what is now Northeastern University. Once the home of the Boston Americans, who preceded the Red Sox, the Huntington Avenue grounds saw Cy Young pitch there during the first modern era World Series. The Cabot Center now sits where the field once was and out back is a statue of Cy Young peering toward home plate from the mound. The inscription reads, Cy Young. At this site in October 1903, baseball's winningest pitcher led Boston to victory in the first World Series. Thanks, Marty! So there you have it. A little Boston baseball in bronze. Right about here in most episodes, we make a recommendation of a favorite pub, a restaurant, or maybe a brewery. But today, I think I'll suggest one of the famous Fenway Italian sausages loaded up with all of the fixins from one of the street vendors outside of Fenway Park and washed down with either a Sam Adams Boston Lager or one of my favorites, a Sam Summer Ale. New England on a Pedestal is the story of New England as told through its many and varied statues, sculptures, monuments, and memorials. We hope that once you've heard one of our podcasts, you'll be inspired to take a listen to the other episodes. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us through your favorite podcast platform and consider leaving a review for us. It will help us reach more listeners and expand our audiences. Thank you. We can be reached via email at New England on a pedestal at farky.com. That's 
New England on a pedestal, all one word, at F-A-R-Q-I-E dot com. Go to Facebook and like the New England on a pedestal page. Follow us over on Instagram. Theme music by Sam Checkaway, which was mastered by Jake Checkaway. Logo art by Jason Cheeseman Meyer. Join us over the next couple of episodes as we close out season one with tales of a few other Boston athletes memorialized forever in bronze. Thanks for listening, and until next time, be safe, be well, and keep discovering. Thank you.